Hello, I'm fine. Thank you so very much for inviting me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I met Dr. Norbert in October. Oh my gosh, it's almost two months ago already. Yeah, maybe in a few more days, it'll be exactly two months, but we met two months ago at the Power of Aging Expo in Timonium. That's here in um, Baltimore County and Baltimore, Maryland. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Norbert. Well, I'm 75 years old, but you know, to follow up what you just said about me, it must be a young 75 years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the father of two children, and I'm a professor still working in the state of Maryland. And there's two things that I sort of like to uh, run my life by, and two words. One is moderation. Mm -hmm. Moderation is so very important. It's something that uh, a guideline that St. Francis gave us many, many years ago. And uh, I think that would eliminate a lot of ills, a lot of excesses, a lot of extreme tensions on our bodies to do moderation. But I moderate the term moderation <laughs> by saying my, my uh, uh, moderation of the word moderation is moderation in everything, including moderation. Moderation, I agree. <laughs> moderation. So once in a while, you can go off board, <laughs> go to an extreme or something like that. So that's the first word that uh, I like. The other one is diet. Diet is so very important. Uh, you know, I love to drink water. I think water mm -hmm. is very important. Drink a whole lot of water, clean, clear water. I try and keep away from caffeine, whether it's sodas or chocolate or tea or coffee. Caffeine, I think much of society is just addicted to caffeine. Uh, I try to keep away from processed food. Uh, I try to keep away from spices, even though that makes the food more favorable <laughs> and so forth. And I try to stick to a Mediterranean diet, which is like seafood and, and fruits and vegetables and uh, whole grains and that kind of thing. So so try to have moderation in my life and diet. Uh, looking at my diet, I think it's so very important. Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to uh, moderation, definitely, because when people ask me, hey, Misha, do you eat healthy? Are you on a strict diet? And I say I modify things and I, it's an equal balance. And whenever I do have bad stuff, I don't go overboard, just a little taste, because when you like totally take some things away, I feel as though when you get a chance to get it, some people go overboard. Some people have favorite foods. Like one of my mm -hmm. favorites is ice cream. Oh, you like ice cream? <laughs> My freezer is filled with all this kinds of ice cream. So that's one thing I go to a little bit of an extreme. Ice cream? Like, you know, you got to have pleasures in life. You know? Yes. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Vanilla with a lot of fresh fruit all over it with whipped cream on top. Oh, but that look, that makes it a balance with having a fresh fruit <laughs> on top. See, you, you can go crazy with that. <laughs> Hilarious. Now, my first question for you is, when did you first start working out? It was all my life. I've been working out. I grew up in the country. Mm -hmm. I grew up on a farm. So I was always out in the woods, always out in the fields. Some of the happiest moments of my life were just laying out there in the fields under the sunshine, you know, with the flowers above me and the clouds and the bees and birds and so forth. So I've always been running and, and doing things like that from childhood. And then when I got to high school, I was very much involved in football for four years and track and field for four years. Matter of fact, in football, uh, my junior year, I was all Catholic. And the fourth year, I was all West New York State. Oh, so wow. High school. 
and uh, and then I went to the army, and I was very fit in the army because half the time I did outdoor stuff and half the time inside with classes and so forth. Um, and so that's what I did then. And then when I got out of the army and just went to regular civilian life, I I gravitated toward five k races. I just it was a perfect, you know, distance, right? I had done <clears throat> some full marathons you know, uh, in my life, about three of them, uh, 26, you know, point two miles. And so, uh, I did that for a while, but you, you just do so much of it. And I felt, feel, felt I was running down my body, uh, you know, especially during the training. And so I figured out oh, I won't do any more of that, but 5k is really good. So 5k is what I like to do. And then, uh, then I got involved in senior Olympics. Oh, nice. Oh, tell us a little bit about, I know that's not one of my questions, but let's talk about Singer Olympics. Tell us something. Tell us a little bit about that. It's fun. It's an inspiration and motivation to take care of yourself and to exercise and to meet other people with similar interests. And it's national. But you have uh, qualifying competitions in every state, oh. and even outside the United States. And so it's for 50 plus. Okay. Be at least fifty years old, and then it goes up to a hundred and whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> we've, had, we've had people in the Olympics that were more than a hundred years old, as a matter of fact. And what, 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 what sport were they doing? Well, one woman I know, uh, she wasn't in hundred something, but uh, she was swimming. She was like ninety six. Mm -hmm. Come to the pool for the competition in the wheelchair, and they had to lower her in. When she got in the water, she was like a fish, and she did one of the oh. hardest strokes, and that was the, uh, the anyway, the, uh, uh, it was one of the hardest strokes, and so she was great. She was really, really good, and so that's one of the reasons, I think, why she's living so well, uh, really. And then there are other people that have gone, I think, track and field, 100-plus people are doing some track and field. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to attend one of these Olympics one day. I have to see this. <laughs> That's well, uh, I live in Maryland, like I said, mm -hmm. and so every year in Maryland, August, September, October, we have uh, the Maryland Games, and there's about 75 different events. Okay. So almost just almost something for you. You know, there's uh, track and field, swimming, there's all kinds of racket sports, there's all kinds of uh, team sports, you know, there's the easier things like billiards or, or shuffleboard or whatever. Uh, it's really, really fun. And it doesn't cost very much. It's minimal cost. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be an, a great athlete to do it. You don't, you know, anybody can sign up and compete. Anybody. You know, our motto is uh, to compete is to win. Mm -hmm. So you have some athletes that are really gung-ho and have been really good in their youth. And so they're good now, but some other really aren't. But they, but it, it's, it's a really a healthy activity. You know, a lot of this stuff is, you know, you practice for it year round sometimes and it's, it's, it's really, really good. As far as <clears throat> the thing is, when you qualify in the Maryland games or your state games, respectively, uh, you get to go to represent your state at the nationals. And the nationals usually are every two years in a different city. Oh. Uh, next time they're having it this spring, they're having the nationals in Pittsburgh. Uh, and you can, and that's about two weeks. Uh, just stretch out all the events over two weeks, and so and they have you know they have the a parade of athletes, and they have uh, the Olympic Village, and they have, it's all really very uh, fun and nice, and you can get involved in a lot of different things. And 
And so me personally, I've been, I've qualified for this, the nationals every year since I started, you know, um, many years ago, 2008 or something. Um, and so uh, I enjoy it. And this year, I was very, but the thing is when you compete also, it's not that uh, awe-inspiring because you compete only with people in your own age group. Okay. And the age groups are small. They're like five years. Right? <laughs> so I'm competing in an age group 75 to 80. Okay. My age group. And so uh, this last few months ago when I did the Maryland Games, I was at the bottom of my age group. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we got to get you back up. <laughs> I, I so I signed up for seven track and field events. And I got seven medals. I signed up for three swimming events, and I got three swimming medals. What? I signed up for uh, shuffleboard. I got a medal there, and then uh, two others. Racquetball, I didn't get any medals, and billiards, I didn't get any medals. But, uh, you know, I got a whole bunch of golds and silvers and bronzes. I love that. You want to see? Well, look, look, yes, look. show us the awards. Is, we want to see what them. they look like. Oh, nice. Pull it up a little. There we go. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you see what I'm deciding. Yeah, what I did. Oh man, congratulations! And you, eight hundred meters. You can buy things like it's hot. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and when you go to the nationals, uh, you get these ticket, which uh, so lets you into a lot of different places. Now this is the one I had in uh, 2019, uh, and this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's my Olympic badge. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's anyway. nice. Yep, 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 yep. I think so. Um, so, um, so I'm going to the nationals in spring, and okay. and, and you, you see people. It's like oh, go home week. You know, you see people just at the Olympics, and you get to be friends with them over time. Yeah, you know, so and you anyway. get to meet people from all over. That's right. That's right. So that's the only one I really compete in. Um, the track and field I do is a javelin, shot put, discus. Uh, I like watching shot put. My yeah. nephew does track. Yes. My favorite is discus, but uh, you know how you spin around with it. Uh huh. Then I had a 200, 400, 800, and a 1500 meter uh, runs. And so I medaled in all of them. And then and for swimming, I, I do backstroke because I know my limitations. I can't breathe very well mm -hmm. in the water. So you know the backstroke you open all the time. And you can go really wild and, and uh, <laughs> so I just do backstroke. So I did the fifty hundred and two hundred and I got a gold silver bronze for that. At least you know where your strength is and you know where your weakness is. That's a good thing. Exactly. That's a very good point. You know, you have to listen to your body. Right? Yes. Yeah. You have to listen to your body in many different ways. Uh one is uh, when you're just doing not only athletics, but your everyday activities, mm -hmm. you know, you get pain here, or if you have a problem doing this, you always have to keep be cognizant of it. Is, 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 am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something too much? Is something wrong with my body and so forth? And, you know, I, I, I think I'm in a younger body sometimes, <laughs> you know, because I used to do things in my past. I said, oh, I can do that, but don't realize I'm a lot older now and it may put me in danger. 
<laughs> yes, and we don't want that at all. <laughs> we don't want that at all. And not only in everyday activities, listen to your body. You know, are you sleepy? Are you hungry? You know, are this, but also very important is symptoms. Mm. You know, as we get older, there's a lot of symptoms. You know that we have, whether it has to do with the respiratory system, or mental cognition, or GI tract, or cardiovascular. And you have to listen to them and then go to the respective medical people to take care of them. You cannot ignore them. You yeah, can't you wait can. for them to go away. And you have to go on, it's 75, well, you have to go on a regular basis. You know, I go to, I have my, my general practitioner. I go mm -hmm. regularly to um, uh, my eye doctor. I go regularly to now to my skin doctor. I mean, I had cancer in the past. I had prostate cancer, uh, but that was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm PSA is down to zero, so I'm cancer. Good, yes. Uh, my doctor says, you know, I'm survivor or whatever, but um, I still go back to get checked out. Mm -hmm. That's important. Sure that things aren't coming back to me. So listen to your body. That is very important, like you mentioned. Yes, it's a it's a definitely a plus. Mm -hmm. Now I know you spoke about different workouts, but do you have a favorite workout? Do I have a favorite workout? Hmm. Um, yes, several things. One is I like variety. Mm -hmm. Because variety minimizes the stress on certain parts of your body, right? Uh, and it makes it more fun. It, yeah. it doesn't become routine or monotonous or boring. You have different things. For example, uh, I like to split my year into four parts. In the summertime, I like to swim. Mm -hmm. Fall, I like to do racket sports. In the winter, I like to do weightlifting and eating. <laughs> <laughs> and in the spring, I do track and field. You know, so I do, you know, uh, a variety of things. So I just don't stress a joint here for doing tennis all the time. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Knees for running all the time. Or, and swimming is very easy on the joints and so forth. So I like variety, right? Another thing I like, it has to be fun mm -hmm. because fun enables you to keep coming back because it's not fun if it's just a grudge or something. Uh, you, and you, when you're old, it's hard to get the motivation to go anyway. You know, once you do it, once you're out there exercising, it's neat and you feel better afterwards, but just getting out there to do it. Yeah, the thing that I like is, is to have activities planned for other people. One or two or three other people whether it's badminton, I love doing badminton, I love doing racquetball, uh, and so forth. And in doing so, you have less than an excuse <laughs> not to go. You know, if you have somebody there waiting for you, you know, you're going to go. As a partner, you're more inclined to go through. If you have nobody out there, then um, you say, oh, I'll just stay home. I'm not going to do it today, or I don't feel good, or whatever. Yes. And the fourth thing is, one of my favorite activities is simple running. Mm-hmm. I mean, running for me is the best sport. And I try to go to class to the high school track or, or whatever. And and even during COVID, during COVID, I couldn't do go to the track. And I couldn't do that. So I measured out in my community, the streets, you know, a 5K. And so I would run that every day, up and down the streets and so forth, really during COVID. And but I kept on running because it, for me, that is the best type of activity. However... I think that for most of the people, most of the time around the whole world, walking, I think, is the most 
the best type of exercise. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to do, it's easy on the joints. You don't need any training. You don't need any special clothes except a good pair of shoes. You don't need other people. You don't need any place, special place or gym to go to. Uh, so walking is a really good exercise. Most of the people in my neighborhood, you see them all the time walking their dog. Walking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So those are some of my favorite things. Uh, it sounds like a song. Sound of music, isn't there music? <laughs> yes, sound. music can make you want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, and also, I have to tell you that um, I do have a lot of people should do this in the basement in their house. I have a little workout room. Mm. It's not expensive to have a workout room. Yes, yeah, something nice. dedicated. You know, you're there, and uh, I have an exercise bicycle. Mm-hmm. You know, you just sit there and go, which is great exercise. Uh, and then I have some weights, lift weights. You know, I have a bar I can do pull up. So I mean, that is in case it's inclement weather, in case I, you know, uh-huh. do anything else. I always have that. I can do it any time of the day. No excuse. <laughs> so that that's a good thing. And also, I have a routine which I have to admit I'm not very compliant, but uh, I try to do every morning when I get up in my bedroom. I try to do some simple things. I try to do a few sit-ups, you know. I try to do um, a few push-ups. Mm-hmm. And I even had this thing on my door, which is a bar. And I try to do a little bit of pull-ups, you know, or maybe just hang there. you know. And if you're old, if you're elderly, you don't have to do those full things. In other words, right. push-up. You usually do it from your toes, right? But if you're old and you can't do it, do it from your knees. You know, it's a lot easier. And you can do a lot more of them, you know. And sit-ups, you can modify the sit-ups so it's easier. For you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pull-ups, I don't do regular pull-up. I put a chair in front of me. I put my feet on the chair and pull up. So it's a lot easier. Oh, from chair. oh yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, it's less yeah. stress on the joints. Yeah, so you can modify things depending upon your abilities and your age and, and so forth. So, But, you know, whatever you do, you got to make sure that you um, protect yourself. Yes, most uh, important. Yeah, protect yourself. If you're racket sports, always wear your eye protectors. You know, if you're running, um, you know, protect your joints sometimes uh, and so forth. So so you have to you have to protect yourself. And another thing, the last thing, you said my favorite, right, exercise. Another thing is dancing. Yes, dance is fun. I love dancing it is a great activity and it's it's um i mean i'm not a formal dancer i don't know <laughs> steps or that kind of thing except there's a number of them i do get involved in one is square dancing square dancing is great oh you know I, square dancing? yeah i know what it is i never square danced before but i know what square dancing is well you cannot help but laugh and smile when you square dance. it is so much fun you know you're out there you have a square you know, four couples, eight uh-huh. people, right? And the caller calls, you have music, and the caller calls, and according to the calls, you have to do certain steps. Right. And there must be hundreds of different steps, but you start out with basic, you know, 12 and then 24, whatever, uh, the steps. And, and, and you stand there, and it's so much fun, and you can do it with multi-generations, mm-hmm. multiple abilities, because... In my club, I have a club. Then I go square dancing with, and I got a coat. 
I want to see. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like short up here, but square dance. Nice. I can see. Yep, I see it. Tom thumb. The Tom Thumb Square Dance Club. Yeah. Okay. So, so we have young kids. We have middle people. We have old people. Uh huh. Squares in the same room in the same club. We have people that are deaf. That square dance. We have people that are blind in the square dance. We have people with Down syndrome that square dance. Wow. <laughs> and you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, we adapt. We mm -hmm. adapt. And I won't go into the details how we adapt, but, uh, you know, we do do that. But I, I think I think three of the nice things about square dancing is because it is, number one, stimulating for the body mm -hmm. in a stressful way. Because you're moving around and it's aerobic and that kind of thing. Secondly, it's stimulating mentally. Yes. Especially for the very old and very young. It teaches young people to follow instructions and keeps the older people focused. Mm -hmm. The third way it's good is with social stimulation because you change partners all the time. Yes. <laughs> so you dance with other people and you meet other people and it's really nice. So that's really, really, really good. I I usually have my in the square dance club for two years or three years, and I stop for about ten years, and I go back another. Yeah. I don't do it all the time because for me, it's I like to do different things, you know. But there's one other dance that I do. I'm Polish. Michlinski. Michlinski. Oh wow. My last name. If you say it right, it's Polish. It's Michlinski. And so I like to do polka. Oh. So we have Polish home clubs here that they have polka dances and all that. Right. So I like that, but mainly, mainly it's just um, moving my body. You know, I'm with a partner or whatever. I just do things that I remember. I just do this. You know, nothing no rhyme and reason. Just right. very kinetic, very active. You know, jumping around. I try to, you know, you know, uh, have partners involved in similar types of movements. You know, and watch the other partners so we sync and so forth. But uh, it's so, and not only dancing. But you talk about the mental health regarding uh, going, getting older, and exercises, which is something else. But is that um, when you are dancing, you also feel like singing. Mm -hmm. Singing. So many people are inhibited, <laughs> you know, of singing. But I, whenever I hear something, I just. Burst out in song, no matter who's around. I mean, I don't do it. Well, in church, too, I sing. I love singing in church. <laughs> yeah. And that's a specific song. But uh, anyway, you know, I love singing in the shower. I sound the best in the shower. <laughs> we all like shower in the car. <laughs> <laughs> or in the car also. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so singing is something I enjoy uh, and I think it's good. And it makes us feel good. You know, mm -hmm. one thing that exercise does, it, it increases hormones in your body singing does it exercising does it and the hormones make you feel better yes i agree them them happy hormones the endorphins help us to feel oh better. you know endorphins yeah i know about endorphins a little bit <laughs> you know where that word comes from so it's, no tell me where it comes from now i don't know where it it's comes a combination from. of two words endogenous morphine mm. <gasps> endorphin and that just means inside the body, exogenous yeah. outside the body. You know, morphine for pain control, 
outside the body? Yeah, yep. I know morphine. Yeah, well, yes. the morphine that you get from the poppies in the poppy field, the, the medicine, does its work by interacting with the same receptor sites in the brain that the endogenous is a chemical in the brain that uses those receptor sites to make you feel good and calm right. and pain and that kind of thing. So if you do exercise, if you do singing, if you do dancing, you have more of these endorphins, you know, roaming around in your brain, which I think is, uh, makes you feel good. It's really yes. a good, uh, good type thing. And it also, another good thing is that all this stuff, it decreases stress. Mm -hmm. And stress is one of the main things that uh, uh, makes us age faster. Yeah. yeah, I and agree. So, so if you're stressed, I mean, a little bit of stress for a short time is good, but long time, you know, chronic stress is not good. You've got uh, cortisol in your bloodstream, yeah. and cortisol can uh, destroy nerve cells in your brain, mm -hmm. especially the hippocampus, where that is your memory, uh, uh, the place in your brain where it consolidates memories from short term to long term. And so, um, so those chemicals, and you also, if you, are stressed, you have more of a sympathetic activation, more adrenaline into your body, and that's not good. Yeah, don't want, that. So forth. <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. You know? But, um, you know, and other things regarding stress, um, your life's, the things around you cause stress and you have to eliminate. Yeah. That around you. And like, just make sure that your, if your life is more organized, it'll be less stressful. You know where things are, if you, you know, everything's organized, try to have your life organized, try and to not have like debts, financial debts that make you worry and make you stressed. Because mm -hmm, finances will make you lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, you know, don't live beyond your means and that kind of thing. You know, you may want to try other active things to reduce stress. Like you may want to try meditation yeah. or Tai Chi, or you may want to do yoga, or you may want to do things like that, which I think are, uh, are effective. In reducing stress so reducing stress is there's sort of five things you know that come up all the time regarding uh living longer and being healthier and so forth uh in addition to the exercise which is what you are involved in and we talked a little bit about you also have diet which i talked about yes right reducing stress is the thing that that, that i talked about a couple other things i did not talk about was uh, sleep Yes, sleep is very uh, important part of our health because if we don't get no sleep, we're delirious or like zombies. <laughs> and our, our cells have to repair itself. <laughs> hey, you have a key word there. Sleep is important to repair. Mm -hmm. brain. That's very important. And a lot of people say oh, it's a waste of time, but you need it. You need it for that reason that you mentioned, especially there's two phases of sleep, REM and non-REM. In non-REM, is when your brain is being repaired, you know, it's and and things shut down. Yes. So the brain can be repaired. You know, like like this room here, they're painting it and they're fixing it up and so forth. This is like you're done REM sleep. You know, uh, get taking out the garbage and you know repairing the tables, uh, so that when you're awake, you know, it's all set up for your brain to function, whatever function mm -hmm. it does in that part of your brain. So forth. So uh, repair is very important in non-REM. But then the other main thing is in the REM sleep. 
And REM sleep is important for remembering. So you got repair and you're remembering. It's when the brain can, what they say, consolidate memories. Mm -hmm. make your experiences, your thoughts, your short-term memories, and file them away in another part of your brain for long-term memory so that you can access them when you need them later on, whether it's for a high school test <laughs> or whether it's... it's yes, those tests <laughs> that we study for. <laughs> yeah, whether you're out there, um, you know, needing something extra to survive in the environment, that kind of thing. So yeah. sleep, yeah, sleep is important. I try now, you know, a lot of parts of my life, I would wake up with an alarm clock, but I don't do that anymore. I'm older person. I let my body sleep as long as it wants in the morning. I mean, I'm still working full time. Right. Schedule set up so that I can do that. You know, uh, I go to sleep at the same time, which is very important every night. At least I try to. My son around <laughs> doesn't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, and, and waking up. I used to say wake up at a certain time. But, you know, I just wake up and I have some birds chirping at a certain time. I just turn over and I, and I sleep and I sleep uh, as much as I can. And it's very interesting during that time in the morning when I go back to sleep, you know, take some extra time, whether it's a half hour or hour, I do a lot more dreaming mm. and I do a lot more remembering of my dreams at that time. And I get up more refreshed mm. because you're, brain and sleep is made so that you're supposed to wake up from REM sleep and which is what I do if I wake up naturally but right. if you have an alarm clock it may wake you up in non-REM sleep so yeah. if it does that you'll you wake up you're groggy and you're not sleepy and that kind of thing so it's more of a natural type thing just to let your body wake up mm -hmm. if you can't, a lot of people have schedules and that kind of thing and they can't do that and they swing shifts and it's awful uh, and so forth and you, know, you never know uh, I I understand that they are considering eliminating eliminating daylight daylight savings time uh, in Congress. Yeah. yeah, so I think personally that's a good, good thing. Yeah, I think it's a good thing because I just I don't like when it get dark so early. It messes <laughs> with me and it makes me tired. So I instantly yawn when the sun goes down early. Like I'm not tired. But as soon as the sun starts to get down, go down, I'm tired. This time of the year, I do not change the time in my car. I leave it forward, spring forward. I don't like this time of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talk to nurses and, and I read. And, and believe it or not, there is a significant increase in, in admissions for accident victims oh. uh, when you lose an hour of sleep. We change clocks. Oh, when it spring forward for that one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So, sleep, I think, is, is important that we should not minimize. Uh, it's really good. And the other of the five, we can talk about it, is relationships. Mm, yes, they can affect your brain, past ones, present ones. They can. <laughs> Well, it's important to have positive relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have negative relationships, they can really do a number on you. Know, you know, you have bad people, just stay away from them. Yes. Uh, and so forth. Sometimes your your boss is <laughs> doing the job and your boss is not very good. But, uh, I mean, 
if you look at the broad picture of relationships, number one, something that you cannot help is the genetics that you're born with. Mm -hmm. So to be facetious, you have to pick the right parents before you're born. <laughs> so you get the right genes. Well, that's just a joke. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but my mom picked the right parents because my mom, rest her soul, lived oh. to be 101 years old. Wow. And she was laughing and smiling until the day she dies, which is another thing. Laughing and smiling is so very important. Yes. Yes. Until uh, the day she died, she was never institutionalized. And she died in the same house that my dad built when I was born. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So, wow. you know, so genetics is very important. And, you know, having other people around is good. Even when you're older and your kids leave or your spouse dies, you know, try to get other people into your house, neighbors, or friends. Yeah. Try, try to have, you know, Sunday afternoon dinner with some of your friends every week, you know, or watch a, your favorite football team on television. Have them come over and do that, you know. And even if you can't do it physically, there's so many ways to communicate now with social media. Yeah, and technology. Yeah, you I can. Mean, when mm -hmm. I watch my favorite football team, you know, I'm texting my people all around the country. Say, wow, that was a great touchdown. Oh, that was wonderful. We come back. And I love it. <laughs> so, you know, people, you know, the relationships are so very important. Now, I'm, I'm an older parent. Um. But I first got married when I was 23. Okay. My wife was 23. We wanted a lot of children. We both wanted. Unfortunately, she got cancer in the first year of our marriage. And she fought the cancer for nine years, and then she died. And we couldn't have Sorry to hear that. Cancer. So I was single for a long while. Then I got remarried. And uh, and the first pregnancy after I got remarried was... Uh, a miscarriage. So I'm talking about God. God does not want me to have children. <laughs> <laughs> but we continued. We tried. Two years later, we figured a good, well, maybe a year later, but it was, we tried again, and we had a good, healthy son. Oh. And then we tried again two years later. Uh, after we figured two years was the perfect separation between kids. Right. Yeah. And so two years later, then we had a perfect, healthy daughter oh but then we called it quits because we said we're playing with fire because in our age i was 50 at the time. you know and my wife was like 40 and so we said there's such a high increase in down syndrome and other genetic disorders and that all we're pretty lucky to have a healthy kids so we just stopped with our son and daughter which i'm very proud of we're right. Both in the fine arts. My son is in Atlanta, Georgia. He's a movie maker. And my oh, nice. daughter is in New York City and she is um she works with live Broadway theaters. Oh wow. So my just my last my son he said last night, he said, Dad, you gotta see the trailer for the movie he was involved in. He was involved in earlier this year in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my gosh, for real? Are you the serious? Third, the third movie that's coming out next year. So he was oh. a production assistant for that. Now I have to watch the trailer. I love Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So when you think that my son was involved. Yes. I'd be like, Dr. Norbert's son helped with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about, about attitude. You know, we're talking about relationships. And it is so important to have a, for health, for longevity, and everything, to have a positive attitude. 
you know those people that are always negative yes oh i know and i try to stay away from them or don't let them <laughs> get interfere with my energy or anything i have to do. <laughs> well anyway is the glass half empty or half full to use an old cliche you know if you consider the glass half full uh i think that's good um i think that um there's an old song. I don't know. You know this one probably not because way before your time. But there's one. <laughs> it goes accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and don't mess with this Mister in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that one up. <laughs> accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. So anyway, so so that's uh, that's what you got to do. You have to be positive, and have to this relationships. You got to keep friends. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you, you have to try your darndest to keep old friends, and you have to get new friends. Yes, because the old poem goes, it goes that uh, old friends are gold, new friends are silver. <laughs> I like that saying. Yeah, yeah, it's old friends, silver and gold, old friends and new friends, but sometimes. Nowadays, with society and with politics and, and with all this stuff, sometimes people just, when they hear what your inclinations are or your philosophies are, they don't want anything to do with you. It's really disconcerting sometimes. They just want to be open and make friends. And, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends that have opposite ideas about society and about social issues. Oh, we're the best of friends because we never talk about those. <laughs> right, we just keep those away. And I tell people, you know, um, you have to meet people where they are. You know, you can't expect them to be just like you because if we were all supposed to be alike, we would all look alike. And then we would all have the same names if we were supposed to be <laughs> Same names. Yeah. Yes, there's no My point. My last that. name means thinker. It comes from the Polish word Michelin, which means to think. Oh, thank you. So, so now we're talking about relationships. What about a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Some people, a lot of people feel, I mean, you know, when I was in the 50s, 60s, there was a movement that God is dead. Uh, and a lot of people are going away from the churches and, uh, and religious things and sort of matching up with other substitute things, which aren't wholesome. Um, but I think... A lot of people, especially older people that are getting closer to death, mm -hmm. uh, they become closer and closer to God. Michelangelo, you know, the Renaissance artist. Yes. He was sculpted in the painting. He was a very devout Catholic. Mm -hmm. and, but he said, as he, in his writings, he said, as he got older, remember my age, he said his art, sculpture, meant less and less and less to him. But God, and salvation meant more and more and more. More and more to him. So God, you know, uh, it, it all depends upon your definition of God. I, I think sometimes we believe in similar things, but our definitions are different. Different, mm-hmm. You know, for instance, you may have an atheist and a Christian, right? And the atheist says, I don't believe in God. What do you believe in, Christian? <laughs> and Christian says, <laughs> I believe in God. But... The Christian says, "What?" And the Christian asks the atheist, "What's your definition of God?" In other words, you have to have a have a view or of God that you reject. You have right. to have some kind of idea of what you're rejecting, right? 
And I would come up and say, well, my image of God is love. To me, God is love. Mm -hmm. And so atheists, do you believe in love? Oh, yeah, I believe in love. <laughs> so we both believe in the same thing. But I'm a Christian and he's an atheist. It depends on your definition. You know, yes, you it's at. definition, definitely. Yeah. And there's there's these these poems that, and prayers that are very relevant to elderly people. Mm -hmm. Anybody that goes out there. There's one that is always brought up at the the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. It's called mm -hmm. the Serenity Prayer. And basically it has three parts. And it basically says, God, let me accept the things I cannot change. Mm -hmm. Let me have the courage to change the things I can. And let me have the knowledge to know the difference between those two. Which I think it's a very important prayer. And it's something that... Uh, you know, a lot of us can use when, when everyday problems, situations arise. Yes, arise, um, yes. Well, you know, if it's something I can't change, why worry about it? You know, decrease the stress. <laughs> yes, don't stretch yourself out even more. <laughs> yeah. There's another prayer. I hope you don't mind me saying another prayer. No, I don't that? mind. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite prayers, and I think it's relevant uh, in a lot of ways. And it's from St. Francis of Assisi. And it's the St. Francis Peace Prayer. And the Peace Prayer goes like this. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. With hatred, let me show love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. And where there's sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to be loved as to love. Mm -hmm. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is dying that we are born to eternal life. I just like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Okay, so what are the questions you have for me? <laughs> now, my next question now, we we sort of spoke on, talked on this um, some. Um, do you believe working out helps improve your mental health? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When you do physical activity, it increases the circular blood circulation to your brain, which makes it good. Uh, when you work out, exercise, it increases the release of uh, um, neurotrophic factors mm -hmm. that help grow your neurons in your brain, right? Uh, so it releases that. That's why exercise is so important for teenagers or young people because uh, it increases those growth factors in the brain and <clears throat> neurotrophic factors to help develop the brain. <clears throat> right. But exercise also leads to release of growth factors in general for your whole body. That's why it's important for young people also. But um, so it, 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 and it releases things that make you feel good, like the yeah. that we talked about, you know. So that gives, makes you, gives you a healthy brain. Um, and it's just, it helps with your attitude, it helps you sleep better, you know, it gives you a healthy brain. Uh, and I think it's very important. And it does, you're, you're more wide awake. Mm -hmm. concentrate more if you exercise the risk factor of getting dementia or specifically Alzheimer's disease 
gets less and less. So that is so very important. I know Alzheimer's disease, my mom, she used to be 101, but she had a little bit of Alzheimer's disease. And it's awful. I mean, the incidence of yes. up, 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 up with our population aging. Um, and But it, it attacks our humanity. It, it does. It's really bad. Yeah. You don't, you know, the more long you have Alzheimer's, the more the gap you have in your memory. Yeah. You, know, you remember the things were already consolidated, which was way before. So you're walking around thinking that the dead people are still alive or <laughs> and they're not alive anymore. This guy, um, I had went to a comedy show and um he he was making a uh, light of you know something that you know a lot of people are dealing with, and his dad has it, and he was like, Yeah, it's like that disease where you flip into different years and think certain things are still going on. And I was like, you know what? He makes sense because when my one of my grandmothers had it, she would think like certain people were still alive and she would mix me up with someone else and I would never get upset with her. I would just find different ways to relate with her. But yeah, it is very, you know, more prevalent nowadays. I have a story to follow up what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, I'm from Buffalo and when my mom was older, my relatives would take care of her, but I would go up there four times a year, two weeks each to help relieve them, you know, take care of my mom. And usually when I would go back, she would know who I, who I am. Oh, Norbert, you know, and so forth, we talk. And, I, and I, sometimes, I, it was on a Friday, I came, and we were doing good, and Saturday was going doing good. Sunday morning, she gets up. I'm in the kitchen. I woke up an hour earlier. And she walks from her bedroom into the kitchen. She looks at me. She said, where did you sleep last night? I said, well, I slept on the couch. Right. You know, And I, she said, why? And I said, well, you know, I always sleep on a couch. I, you know, it's a nice, comfortable place for me. I'm only there for a week. And, you know, right. Uh, and all that stuff. And it's fine. It's really, she said, how come you didn't sleep with me? And then I realized she thought I was dad. Yes. Her husband, who had died years earlier. Because I looked like dad. I looked like dad. Yeah. So I'm saying, okay, so she said that. So in those situations, you can handle them in a number of different ways. You can either ignore it mm -hmm. or you can um, uh, ask her questions to help her think through the whole thing. This time I sat down with her to explain things to her. I said, okay, these are your children and this is the situation and dad is dead. And she's looking at me, quizzically looking at me, and she says, Norby, you know, it's so confusing, so complicated. And she's right. Can you imagine being in that situation? Can you imagine if I, I work full time? Can you imagine if on, on Monday I go to work, right? I go and go into the offices and they say, what are you doing here? I, say, well, I work here. And they say, right. no, you don't. You retired 10 years ago. Can you imagine how you feel? No, I cannot imagine <laughs> doing that at all. I mean, so Alzheimer's is is really a, a bad, a bad story. But if you do the things that you recommend, you know about exercise and about the food and diet and sleep and attitudes and all that stuff, and drink green tea religiously. <laughs> tea, yeah, green yeah, tea. Yep, you can do that. <laughs> Those anti also, your lifestyle. You know, it's so important not to smoke. Mm -hmm. I mean, smoking 
can lead to deaths in so many different ways. And not only traditional tobacco, but also the marijuana and pot. People think, oh, it's safer. Well, all those other ingredients that cause cancer are still in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as in regular cigarettes. So, so you know, so that uh, smoking is no good. Drinking to excess is no good. I don't drink myself. But, and some people say a little bit of red wine is good and that stuff. It also has medicinal qualities relaxing you and, and does something in the body for aging. Well, that's true. So a little bit, you know, is good. You can have that. But I, if you never drink, if you're not a drinker, I wouldn't take up drinking just for that reason. <laughs> you know, just, you know, continue if you are, but a little bit, moderation, that kind of And you have prescription drugs, take them religiously because they, the dosage is there because of that. Uh, don't take hard drugs. Yeah, they they will not. And um, it was so funny that you said about marijuana. We were saying like uh, I spoke with someone earlier today, and we were speaking about medical cannabis, and she was saying you know she doesn't agree with like the inhalation because when it comes to those batteries inside the e-cigarettes, mm -hmm. they combine with the chemicals, and then the paper that you're using for to you know smoke um the marijuana can release off those you know chemicals like you know you have those you know those properties that help with certain things in marijuana but when you combine the papers and the batteries and the cigarette then i mean not the cigarettes but the you know the um, the pen that they use it that's when you know it affects your body exactly you're yeah. absolutely right and mm -hmm. you know to me it's not only the hard drugs it's not only the addictive drugs not only, uh, but it's even, it's not only those socially unacceptable drugs, but it's even the establishment type drugs that people don't poo poo. Like some of the rich people, some of the establishment, they take anti anxiety drugs. Yeah. Or they take sleeping pills or things like that. Which to me, I have a general statement. I think all drugs are poisons. All drugs are poisons uh, because all of them have more than one effect. All of them have some kind of detrimental effect on our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason that we take them, the medicines, because the good outweigh the bad, but there's still the bad in them. And you always have to think about that. All drugs that people take is really worthwhile. You know, I keep asking myself, in whatever I do in life, I said, is this really necessary? <laughs> now I'm to a point where I'm saying, is this really necessary? <laughs> so anyway, but the drugs, you know, we have to think twice to taking them. Because I think, you know, they're poisons. And, you know, if you, even with the establishment, well, let's say anti-anxiety drugs, they're there to be bridges. Mm -hmm. Temporary crises in your life. You know, for the death of the family or something like that, and you have a stressful time. Then they're there to help you get over that, right? If you take them on a chronic level, you take them for long periods of time, that is when they're bad. Short time, they're usually yeah. pharmacology. But a long time... You know, they just, you know, you start depending upon them more and more. And it can break into addiction where then you not only use them to feel better, I mean, because of anxiety, but you take them just to feel better, uh, to be, feel normal. Mm -hmm. because what, what these drugs do, well, there's two things. One is they... There's, there's a pathway in your brain that's called a happiness pathway. It's got dopamine releases it. That's what endorphins stimulate and so forth. 
And that's what makes life living. I mean, mm -hmm. it makes life, life, life uh, wonderful. It's, it makes you feel good when you hear a bird chirping or you see the sunshine or eat a good meal or have sex or, 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 or have a hug by somebody or, or this pathway activates and you feel good. Right. It makes life worth living. If you take a drug of abuse like cocaine or, or what have you, like vitamins, they hijack that pathway and they stimulate, stimulate, stimulate it so that it doesn't work anymore. Right. So the people have to take more and more of that drug just to feel what they really felt. And if you ask an addict, what are they searching for? Well, I'm searching for their first high. But they never get the first high because they destroyed the pathway that they got the first high with. And so uh, so people from just having a high are, are taking it now just to feel normal. Mm -hmm. so that kind of thing. So that's one thing about bad drugs. Um, and I think it's it's a disease. I mean, initially, you have choices involved, but eventually you, you destroy... I have a transmitter problem and short path, yeah. just like any other disease. Like, like you have Parkinson's disease where you have, don't have dopamine in your brain, or you have Huntington's chorea where you don't have GABA in your brain. This is a thing where you don't have that pathway in your brain. And so it, it's a disease. And some people say it's a moral thing after a while, and they can stop if they want. That's true, but it's a lot, lot harder. So that's one thing. The other thing is if, you, if a doctor keeps presenting these anti anxiety mm -hmm. drugs or whatever, antidepressant drugs, you know, as a solution to the problem, that inhibits the search for the real cause of those problems. Yeah. It may, gives the impression that, oh, it's you that's the problem. So I'm going to give you the drugs so you can cope, right? Rather than saying, why am I anxious? Why am I depressed? Oh, it's my job. So you know, it'll stimulate you to go and get another Find job. Find a new job, yeah. Right? Rather than doing that, they give you this drug, anti-anxiety drug, and keep working in the same job and you just have the same cause. And you're going to keep having to take the medicine, it's going to be long-term. That's true. That's true. So it inhibits that, that search for a real cause, whether it's your lifestyle, whether it's your job, whether it's your family situation, or whatever it is. Uh, this job. I mean, it, the drugs are good with, as a bridge. Temporary situation, so um, I don't know. That's my <laughs> feeling yeah. about drugs. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing. Now, my next question for you is: What tips would you give someone who is interested in starting to become more active? Because I'm gonna release this podcast right before the year ends to get people motivated to start working out right before the year ends. What are some tips you would give someone? that may have never started working out or they may have started working out and quit it? Well, most of the things we already covered. But one thing is see your doctor, mm -hmm. right? You have to see your doctor and make sure you don't have any other ailments. Make sure you're up on your uh, shots, your blood tests, you know, uh, and get things early, whether it's skin cancer, because if you're athletic and you're outside, especially in summer, you get a lot of sunshine, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, check your eyes, check your hearing, you know, check uh, cancer causing organs and so forth. So, so make sure the medical thing is all right. Listen to your body. Mm -hmm. if, if you start, if you start working out, you know, and you just feel worse and your body is sort of really feeling bad, then, you know, stop, you know, hang back a little bit. And certainly if you haven't done it for a long time, you're going to be aching. Yes. <laughs> For a certain amount, but uh, not 
not totally so medical, I think is one of them. Another thing that I we mentioned was about sleep. Make, if you're going to exercise, make sure you compensate and balance it off with a good sleep so you can renovate, repair your body that's you know, being destroyed in, in uh, the exercise, but not being destroyed, but being rebuilt uh, in your exercise. The other thing is, you know, don't do it alone. We talk yes. about relationships. Group. Yeah, you know, make okay. sure you tell everybody that you're trying to do this so they can help you. Uh-huh. You know, uh, so that they, they don't offer you, you know, you know uh, banana cream pie every day for dessert when you try to lose weight, you know. Uh, so the people there should be uh, uh, there to help you, to know what you're doing, to encourage you, remind you. Uh, and if, if you can, get other people to do it with you. Like I said, if you have other people doing with you, then you're more likely going to do it, you know. So those relationships are so very important in that case. And and you have to realize that you don't exercise just to lose weight. No. You, you can exercise and not lose weight, but still have so many beneficial effects on your body and your health. You know, not only feeling good, but, you know, so many different things. Worrying off cancer and and it's definitely, it's maintenance for the body. I tell people we maintenance our car and we have to treat our body the same. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing is along the lifestyle that we talked about, you know, and make sure that you start early in life. Uh, don't wait till you're real old. Uh, the earlier you start and make a habit of it, mm -hmm. the better and easier and more benefits you get from it. So, so don't wait. Uh, you know, you can, I don't know, realize your limitations and don't do too much. When you do do it, make sure it's safety. You know, we talked about that. Um, you know, there's so many things out there that are detrimental, like loud noise. You know, loud noise is really bad on our hearing. And that's not exercise, but still, uh, it has to do with your health and that kind of thing. And if people can limit their exposure to Loud noise to 85 decibels. Mm -hmm. Higher than 85 decibels. You know, and also try to simplify your life, especially when you get older, because you don't want to die leaving the world around you a mess of your stuff for your descendants, your children, and your relatives. You know, it's because then you can more easily fit exercise into your life if you simplified it, if you organized your life, you know, and then make it a priority and if there's anything that there's a lot of things that we want to have priorities in life but i think exercise is one of them that should be right up there uh and don't be down on yourself if you miss a couple days or if you miss this or whatever um you know that's fine just start up you know, where you left off but uh you know do it on a sort of regular basis and do a fun thing and do it with people and you know, you can join the Senior Olympics. Yes, yes, definitely join it. Look. Senior Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>. I love it. <laughs> now, my last. And also, hey, if you need if you need a, an exercise partner, look me up. <laughs> yeah, see, look. And I would just see the last question concludes. How can people get in contact with you if they want to connect with you? <laughs> well. Uh, if they have patience, because I'm very bad at responding in a timely fashion. But, you know, 
I can give you my email address. My email address, really quickly, is nmislinski at umaryland.edu. So it's my first initial, last name, at, then the letter U, and then you spell out the state of Maryland, dot edu. So it's n-m-y-s-l-i-n-s-k-i at u-m-a-r-y-l-a-n-d dot edu. So what schools are you currently teaching? So you're teaching neurology at different schools right now or neuroscience right now? Well, my main job is the, believe it or not, dentistry, University oh. of Dental School. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's my main job as a mentor. But I've in the past, uh, and I, but I'm also kind of an adjunct faculty at the nursing school. Both of those are in Baltimore at the Congressional School Campus. I have uh, recently stopped, but I recently have been in uh, Stevenson University. Okay. Psychology department. Right, where I taught uh, drugs and behavior and and uh, physiological psychology. So, but the thing that one of the passions I have, I got a lot of passions. You got to have passions, yeah. right? Right. So, what one thing I didn't bring up because uh, I don't do animal research anymore. I don't even do clinical research anymore. I do outreach, you know, I to the community, and I interact with teenagers and high school students, not all the lay public. I try to translate and communicate. I do a lot of writing of articles and for, for the public in neuroscience for different topics like memory and addiction and so forth. So I do all that stuff. But there's one program that I'm proud of, and that is called the International Brain Bee. The International like, Brain Bee. Like spelling bee? Yeah. But it has nothing to do with spelling. It has to do with neuroscience. So what it does is it motivates young men and women, teenagers, to learn about the human brain and to apply it to their daily lives and to inspire them to go into those professions where they can help treat and find cures for brain disorders. Mm. So this is a program I started years ago. Uh, it's a competition, so it's fun. And so there's three levels. There's chapter, national, and world. So if they win their chapter, there's about 300 chapters 250 chapters in the world. Then they then they go on to their respective national championship. Mm -hmm. About 50 countries involved. And then those one national champion gets to represent their country at the world competition. And the world competition is in a different city every year. Mm -hmm. I've had it all over the world. I've had it in Australia and South Korea and South Africa and, and Italy, Germany, Austria, Denmark, Canada, United States, Washington. Wow. So, so it, it's a really nice thing because it, it helps, it engages me with young people. So it helps right. me too. Yeah. <laughs> so you associate with young people, you know, it rubs off in a way. Their energy, you know, their creativity and so forth. Uh, it's really good to, that's another thing about exercise and aging. You know, try and do it with, you know, with young people. And uh, I think it'll help both sides in that situation. But this international brain, if anybody knows, any teenagers who are interested in psychology or neuroscience or neurology or the human brain, you know, have them look up or contact me and I'll, I'll, I'll match you up with your local coordinator. And it's easy, it's fun, it doesn't cost anything. And, yeah. You know, type of thing. So international brain B. International brain B. I love that. I love that so much. I love, if I was a teenager, I would sign up myself. But 
You're I'm not. 34. <laughs> no, I wish. I'm 32. I wish. <laughs> you're 32. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't have guessed you're older than 31. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah, I try to try to stay young so I can live a healthy life. <laughs> right. You know, people, when they're young, they think they'll live forever. Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, you have to have to you know, take care of your body, your dental hygiene, your sleep hygiene, you know, your, your taking you know, care of yourself and protecting yourself and exercising and having good relationships and getting into good habits, mm -hmm. you know, type of thing. And that's over important to start, start early because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, yes, with my, I agree. You know, my wife died when she was 30. So you never expect it. Yeah, you just you just you never know. You gotta be ready. Yep. So we just have to, you know, do what we can, do our best, and try to stay sh negative stressor free. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop the recording. I'm gonna stop. Mm.